Hello and welcome to the JNM podcast. My name is Jeanette. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything in between. First off, we would like to thank you for listening. If you're coming back, welcome back. And if you're coming for for the first time, uh, welcome and hope you enjoy. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you review stuff. And before we get started, I would like to introduce and welcome back my friend, Jennifer Chen. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Today we are going back to uh, our foreign, foreign films series and talk about this 2000 Czech surreal dark comedy horror film, Oste Sannik, which also is known as Little Otig, also known as Greedy Guts. And the logline is a childless couple passes off an anthropomorphous tree stump as their baby, but things get out of hand when the stump comes to life and demands to be fed. Uh, this movie was written and directed by Jan, Jan, Jan Shivenshay-Mayer. I received information from Wikipedia and IMDb. In terms of the cast, we have Veronica Zikova as Bozena Horokova. You may know her if you watch Czech films from A Midsummer's Night Sex Comedy, which apparently was a Woody Allen film, which I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next, we have the Toth family and the 1996 rendition of Killer Joe, which is the play, not the film. Next, we have Jan Hartel as Carl Har. Rock. You may know him from My Sweet Little Village and Earthly Paradise for the Eyes and the Don Juans. Uh, and then after that, like the other characters or other actors, like they weren't really known for other films. Uh, so I'll just name the characters that they play. So you have Al's Betka, which is this little creepy girl with pigtails that <laughs> <laughs> super creepy. Yeah, super creepy that lives in the apartment building. Then you have uh Francisek Stadler as Alzbetka's father. And then you have Pani Stradlerova <laughs> as Al's Betka's mom, and then you have Pani Sprakova, which is this old lady who tends this cabbage patch garden outside in like this little like foyer or like atrium. And then you have Mr. Slavic as this creepy old guy who tries to grope Alzbetka. <laughs> oh, he's super gross. I hate him. <laughs> oh, yeah. So in terms of the backstory, I couldn't find a lot, so I just kind of improvised 
so the movie is based on the 19th century folktale Oz de Zanek by Carl Yoromir Urban. Uh, Urban was a Czech folkist uh, and poet of the mid 19th century, known for helping with the Romanticism movement, especially for Czech li literary. There are elements of narrative similar to The Adventures of Pinocchio and Little Red Riding Hood. Uh, however, the themes present in the folktale appear nonetheless to be different from most other European fairy tales with an ambiguous moral which leaves room for subjective interpretation. Jan van Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I looked it up and I was like, okay, I got this. That's And I'm like, nope, I don't got it. <laughs> Schwenkmeier? Is that it? Jan? Oh, Schwenkmeier. Schwenkmeier. With a CH, right? Is that in your Yeah. <laughs> Schwenkmeier. <laughs> uh, so Jan is a retired uh, Czech filmmaker known for his stop motion animations. Uh, his other works include the 1988 stop motion film Alice, which is based on Alice in Wonderland. Uh, next, we have the 1994 film Faust, and then the 2005 Lunacy, and then finally uh, the 2018 film Insects. Uh, his work has influenced Terry Gilliam, the brother Quay, and many others. So originally Jan wanted to shoot the film in the early 90s and considered casting with Woody Allen and Mia Farrow as Carl and Bozena. However, it didn't explain why he didn't want to do this, but it's probably assumed that this was because of the child abuse allegations against Woody Allen, because that happened in 1992. So kind of correlates maybe i don't know uh the film uses the overture uh to der frey shoots by carl maria von Vedber as the score uh, he was a german composer known as one of the first significant composer of the romantic era and the opera basically tells the story of this young forester who finds himself unknowingly in league with the devil as he attempts to win a shooting contest in order to earn his girlfriend's hand in marriage. That's all I got in terms of the backstory. In terms of the plot, uh, it starts off with Carl Harak and Bozena Harakova uh, coming back from a doctor's visit and it's implied that they are the only couple in the city without a child and they cannot conceive one of their own due to medical reasons. And it's kind of funny because it almost feels like babies are like in front of their faces type of thing. Because when they're driving back to their apartment, you see like a bunch of like women with children just crossing the street, right? Like it was so weird. <laughs> and then there was like another scene where you see this vendor that's like kind of fishing out 
these like children from like this well and then he's just wrapping them in like a you know newspaper and then giving them to like any woman who wants it <laughs> it's very weird very strange i wasn't sure if that was like a dystopian fiction part where they were just like like that's just like a washer in the city that you can take your baby to and get it washed and then get it back or something but it like seems rather odd because they like just kind of drown them in this well for a little bit yeah <laughs> well i wonder i wonder if like this was just Carl and Bozena's like kind of imagination where mm. because they are trying to have a kid that all they could think of is kids and like pregnant women maybe that's why yeah. <laughs> their neighbors the Standlers tries to encourage the couple to keep trying in hopes of a pregnancy and they even take the couple on this vacation where Carl decides to buy a house in the country, thinking that a different location will help conceive a child. And while fixing the house, Carl digs up this tree stump that looks vaguely familiar to like a baby. And then he spends the rest of the evening in the shack next to the house, cleaning the stump up. And then when he comes back to the house, he gives the stump to Bozena as a gift, to which Bozena just automatically goes crazy and then becomes infatuated with this stump and treats it like a real baby. And she ends up calling the stump Otik, which basically means stump in Czech. <laughs> <laughs> That's what little Otik means. Yeah. Uh, thinking he made a big mistake. Carl takes the stump and then places it in this cabinet and takes Bozena back to the apartment. And without letting Carl know, Bozena reveals of her quote-unquote pregnancy to her neighbors, uh, causing every, like, almost the entire city to be like, oh my god, congratulations <laughs> to Carl. <laughs> so I was thinking that she can have Otik as a child without keeping the stump a secret. Uh, and then she creates these like fake bumps to make it look like that she is pregnant. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because it's like, it goes from like this, it, it, they're basically just these like pillows that just get bigger, like per month type of thing. And then uh, she becomes impatient and speeds up the process and gives birth at eight months. And Carl and Bozena drive to their country house instead of the hospital and Bozena is reunited with Otik. Stanler's daughter, Azerbetka, notices that Carl is lying to her uh, when he comes back to let everyone know that, oh yeah, she had the kid, she's in the hospital. And then she's like, oh, why don't you call the hospital to be like, oh, like how, you know, to check on your wife and your kid. And then so he basically unplugs the phone when um, the parents don't notice. And then basically pretends that he's calling the hospital. But then when he hangs up the phone, Azur Betka finds out that the phone was unplugged and then like tries her best to try to make Carl like admit that, oh yeah, he's lying. But he basically tries to brush it away type of thing. 
Uh, and then also her parents ignore her, thinking that, oh, she's just being jealous or something. Carl returns to the cottage. Uh, and this is like kind of the bizarre moment for me because he returns to the cottage to find Bozena breastfeeding Otig. And you could see in this in the shot that Otig, like, you know, he's, yeah. <laughs> very clearly delusional and crazy and like, yeah yeah it's very weird so he tries to kill otik using a hatchet because he thought that this is very like oh my god this is very bizarre and everything uh but bozena step stops him claiming that otik is their child and then they're like well how can we like we can't like you know show this around town like we can't have this stump so they kind of made this deal to keep it a secret or to hide it um, from public view. So they return to the apartment and yeah, they just basically cover uh, Otik up with baby clothes and places blankets on top of him when he's in the baby carriage. And one time Mrs. Stradlerova and her daughter, Azerbetka tried to look into the baby carriage one time, but then Bozena refuses because like in the scene, the mom is like, oh, it's like 30 degrees Celsius. It's like super hot outside. Like, why are you, you know, why are you having blankets on top of him? Yeah. And then she tries to remove the blankets, but then Bozena is like, no, like, don't touch my daughter. So one day, I think when she's like coming back from school, Azabetka notices uh, Otik's carriage outside a store while Bozana gathers baby food for him. And Azabetka removes one of Otik's mittens, revealing his branches. And then she got super startled by it and just like runs away. Over time, Otik's appetite grows causing Bozena to have to buy more and more food for him because it goes from breastfeeding to like buy, buying like baby formula and like baby food to then uh, buying meats and like large food items. And one day um, when Bozena and Carl returned to the apartment with more food, they find their cats eaten by Otik. And his like remnants are like right next to the. Um... That shot was super creepy. The oh yeah. And the like remains of the cat. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah. Show it, but. Yeah, it was like very. Yeah. It was very bizarre because I'm like, that's very weird that, like he he didn't eat at all. He just basically removed the skin and then like ate some of the meat, but then just left everything on the floor. It was very weird. So feeling something is wrong, Azerbetka finds a book about Osten Sonnik uh, folktale. And she believes that Carl and Bozena are dealing with the same fate as the couple in the folktale. And meanwhile, Carl and Bozena's other neighbor, Pani Sprakova, also detects suspicion, especially when the couple is bringing in more and more food every day. After Otik eats the cat, 
Um, he, being, he begins to crave meat, causing Carl and Bozena to buy large bags of meat. And then they had to like check to make sure where Pawnee is before running up the stairs. Because Pawnee, I think like her apartment is on the uh, bottom floor of the building. And Carl and Bozena's apartment, I believe, is like on the third floor or something. And they managed to sneak out without Pawnee noticing. But one day, the mailman tries to knock on uh, Carl and Bozena's apartment door. I guess it's like to make sure that they're okay. Because I guess he was being suspicious about it. And then he goes into their apartment. For some reason, it was unlocked. <laughs> he goes in, and uh, when Carl and Bozena go come back to the apartment with more meat uh, for Otik, they find the mailman's carcass on the floor. <laughs> really graphic. Yeah. Carl believes that he needs to turn him, himself in because their son just killed a, a, a person. <laughs> but Bozena assures him that everything will change for the better. <laughs> so Carl is like, well, I need to, we can't just like leave like the rest of the mail just here. People will be suspicious. So he dresses up in the mailman's clothes and tries to deliver the rest of the mail at night to avoid any suspicion. Uh, however, Azerbetka's parents are like leaving this theater like late at night and her mom spots something wrong because she saw Carl like crossing the streets and then she's like, oh, wow, like that isn't it kind of late for the mailman to <laughs> be delivering mail? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the 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 father is like, oh, no, it's nothing to worry about. Like, it's like, wait, <laughs> basically, she's like, OK, like, you know, I'll just kind of like brush it. But then the next day, a new new mailman comes by and it's delivery mail and then she asks and is like oh like it you know are you guys like doing night shifts now and then the guy had to explain that oh yeah the original mailman didn't show up today so i had to take over <laughs> pawnee reports carl and bozena hiding their baby uh to the police believing that they may have killed their baby um, and that they're just kind of pretending that they have a baby. But the police are believe that, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's like they, they just like, oh, like, it's nothing. I think you're just saying stuff. Uh, she even spots Otik's carriage outside of the store only to find this fake baby because by now Otik has grown to the point he can't fit into the baby carriage. So... He's just like in the apartment while Bozena and Carl are out, like either getting food or working. Uh, so Bozena's doctor is called and questioned if he, uh, if he ever helped uh, Bozena give birth to a child. And it's kind of weird because in this scene, like he's with another patient, and then he's like, "Okay, like lift up your dress," and then she does. 
and then he gets this call about you know the questioning and then so he, he doesn't like have his patient like be like oh like you could you know he's like, very creepy i feel like for a doctor i wouldn't want him yeah like the lady is just like standing dress with, up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's just very weird but then he tells the person that uh, Bozena and Carl are barren and that the pregnancy that they may have may be a miracle, uh, but he didn't help out with the uh, birth. Mm. Oh, you were going to say something? Yeah, uh, I wanted to mention that like when Pani went to the police, she also inquired about Mr. Uh, Schlabeck mm-hmm. and they were all like, no, it's fine. Like, Mr. Jalbeck will turn up. Like, we'll find him. Like, he's just an old man. Yeah. And then uh, Mr. Jalbeck, he's the mailman. Right. Because of, like, these, you know, calls of concern, a social worker is sent to uh, Bozena and Carl's apartment. And she stops by for a visit. When Bozena opens the door, she immediately freaks out and like tries to stop the social worker from entering the apartment it's just like at this point like she has lost it like she's just like tired less like sleep deprived like stressed out (laughs) and then she's like no don't don't come into the apartment when the social worker goes in she spots like basically the entire apartment just like filthy there's like a bunch of like trash all over the place and then she's also noticing that Bozena is cooking up uh, more porridge and food and then she spots this fake baby like I think like uh, on the other side of the stove and then she was going to leave thinking that oh like this is just Bozena and Carl's way of like trying to be with society and was about to leave but then she heard like a baby not a squeal but it's like kind of like a baby wine, noise like wine like that yeah <laughs> so then uh she hears it from the bedroom so then she tries to go into the bedroom and the Bozena tries to sp- stop her again only for the social worker to enter the room find like uh otik's like messy room and then she turns and see otik who is now like a almost an adult size child basically and he basically he's towering still at this point he's like 15 feet tall he like yeah he's very tall yeah and but he's still he's like, more like more like eight or nine like a head above like an average sized person yeah but he still like acts like a baby you know just in case of people like he's not like a grown adult at this point like he's still a baby and then he basically takes her and eats her and <laughs> we're not shown exactly that we're just seeing like from the audience's view it's just like the blood spattering on the door and then you like see her face pop up you know she's like help help and uh uh what's her name Bazena doesn't really do that much yeah she's just like she basically gave up gave up yeah (laughs) carl goes into the apartment with more meat 
only to find out about the social worker getting killed and eaten by Otik. And at this point, Carl is like, okay, we can't keep this up because there's too many innocent people that are dying. At this point, two people have died and their cat has died. So he's like, yeah, like we need to do something. Uh, weird, right? The mailman and uh, also the woman. Yeah. Yeah, the mailman, the woman, and the cat. Mm. Yeah. The the other people will be later. (laughs) So Carl restrains Otik uh, later that night and places him in a sack uh, while Bozena is just watching in pain. Alzbetka kind of sneaks into like the front door of her apartment and kind of peeks outside and watches Carl drag this like sack down the stairs. Uh, and then he hides Otik in the basement and orders Bozena not to feed Otik um, for he is too big to chop up and get rid of. And then the next day, Alzbetka goes to the basement and finds Otik who is in this like trunk basically uh, locked up. She frees Otik uh, from his binds, but keeps him locked in the trunk. And then after reading the end of the folktale, Alzbetka hides Pani's hoe, which is a garden equipment, (laughs) in fear that the old lady will kill Otik the same that the folktale states. In the folktale, it was like, oh, an old woman with a whole patch of cabbages will get mad that the Otisonic ate her cabbages and then throw her hoe into his stomach. (laughs) very odd yeah and then and then at this time Pawnee has already um is still like tending her cabbage patch garden um I think it's like nearly done in terms of like growing type of thing so authorities visit Carl and Bozena to question them of the social worker and the mailman's whereabouts but they tell them that they haven't seen them. And uh, they even like check their apartment, which at this time is somewhat clean. They've cleaned the blood and, you know, dead stuff. <laughs> uh, so Carl uh, also throws out a trash bag on his way to work, only for Pani to open the bag and find a fake baby in it. Alzbetka returns uh, from school and finds a new hoe in the foyer, <laughs> uh, but is caught by Pani as she tries to, as Alzbetka tries to steal it. Because Pani set up this trap where when Alzbetka tries to take the equipment, uh, Pani just pulls the string and the hoe is pulled to her instead of Alzbetka. And then Pani confronts Asbetka uh, and she tells Pani that she took the hoe in order to avoid her killing Otik. Now, at this point, Pani doesn't really know that Otik is this stump or like in this case, uh, tree. Like she still thinks it's like a child or also just a fake imagination for Carl and Bozana. So Pani uh, orders her to return back her hoe, but Alzbetka orders her 
uh, to promise that she won't hurt Otik. Uh, but we don't see if Pani does promise, but it's assume that she did if promise. Says, she's like, if you return the hoe, then I will. Yeah. Yeah, and then it cuts to like a different scene. So we don't really see Pawnee really saying, yeah, sure, why not? Alzbeka then goes to her apartment and tries to get food from it, but her mom stops her telling her that she can't, that they can't afford to buy more food because the last couple of days, Alzbeka has been taking food from the fridge to feed the mom is like what's wrong with our daughter like she's been eating like a lot of food yeah like way more than normal all of the leftovers more things in the (laughs) and then frank is like oh yeah it's like nothing to worry about maybe she's growing we don't know be glad she likes your food yeah (laughs) crappy cooking yeah because it's like every day they have like some form of porridge or or like soup it's yeah so her mom makes her a quick sandwich and then gives it to her so Alzbeka then gives the sandwich to Otik telling her she can't feed him as much as before and then decides to use her money from her piggy bank uh, to buy meat from the butcher shop she then goes to her mom and asks for an advance since she used the money for unexpected expenses which is kind of funny because it's like i would like an advance on my yearly income (laughs) and then frank is like wait what unexpected expenses what's going on (laughs) like i think that was kind of like the funny moment but unable uh, to get money from her parents uh, asbeka decides to draw matches to choose a person to feed otik um, and then she chooses, uh, the chosen victim is Mr. Zlopik, uh, who just so happens to arrive in the basement, I guess to gather water. Uh, so she decides to lure uh, Mr. Zlopik um, because he kind of has like a fetish for her because he keeps oh, trying to be fetish. Yeah, he keeps trying to grope her. And she keeps saying, no, stop doing it. And she even told her parents, like, hey, this pedophile is is touch is trying to touch me. And they're like, oh, he's just an old man. It's like, dude, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, he would get me too in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, so she lure, lures Mr. Zlobic into the room that Otik is living in. And Otik eats him after Alzbetka like unlocks his trunk so the next day Pawnee reports Slavic missing Carl finds out and believes Ota killed the man and then he tells Bozena that he can't stand it anymore and goes to the Standlers to ask for their chainsaw (laughs) and then he goes downstairs with the chainsaw into the basement and tries to uh, cut and kill Otik but before he goes, uh, Alzbeka goes downstairs and pulls matches uh, to see who would be Otik's next victim, which, again, just so happens to turn out to be Carl. <laughs> Very, you know. Serendipitous. Yeah. Too much of a coincidence. Yeah. 
So she unlocks the trunk and hides before Carl enters the room. And Carl is unable to kill Otik. And this is kind of his first and last time that he considers Otik as his son before he gets eaten by Otik. And Bozena, who is kind of in like the foyer. Yeah, she's um, in the stairwell that leads up and down to the yeah. Yeah, she's like miserable. She's she's like, oh yeah, like he's gonna kill our son. And she hears Carl scream and then goes down to the basement to help him out, only to be eaten as well. So while authorities investigate Carl and Bozena's whereabouts, Pani notices Azbeka mimicking Otik's eating his eating his parents. Because she kind of is playing with this ball. And it's like saying something, and then she's like, oh. ah. <laughs> that was really weird. She just bites a ball. Yeah, she's like, blah, 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 blah. Oh. <laughs> and then Pawnee notices it while everyone's focused on where uh, Bozena and Carl would be. And Pawnee confronts Alzbeka, who then confesses that, yes, like I'm keeping Otik alive. Uh, in the basement and this causes Alzbeka to show Pani the folktale book so then Pani takes the book and reads it during her dinner because <laughs> it's kind of funny she's like reading it like <laughs> as she's eating her soup or something um, so during during dinner Alzbeka's mom worries about their lives uh, thinking that, oh, is this serial killer out on the loose and decides to barricade themselves in the apartment, refusing to let anyone leave the apartment until the mystery is solved. Alzbeka can hear Otik wail and goes to the window where she watches him take the cabbages from Pawnee's garden. Uh, she runs downstairs because her parents get up and they are overlooking the garden. So Alzbeka pushes the desk that was barricading them and uh, tries to go downstairs only to find Pani outside seeing the damage. So Alzbeka apologizes to Pani and reminds her of the promise that she made, but Pani refuses to listen to her and heads into the basement with her hoe as Alzbeka cries. <laughs> And the screen goes dark as Alzbeka recites the last sentence of the folktale. And out jump Urzek, the dog, after him, the shepherd, and behind him, the sheep. Then out ran the herd of pigs. And that's the end of the film. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this film? It was darker than I thought it would be. The friend who recommended it to me uh, said it wasn't going to be that scary. I guess it wasn't exactly so scary as it was just gory and bloody and very graphic and a little bit creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There weren't any like, okay, I guess there was one character who I was like, okay, he makes sense. He's reasonable. He's trying to do the right thing. And it was the dad. It was Carl. Yeah. And he was really the only sensible one. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, Carl was, like, 
the straight man of the group. Like, I think he was the one who's like, okay, let's be reasonable here. I think that Bozana was really crazy, but I think it was crazy because she's like trying so desperately to yeah, have a kid. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So that when she gets the stump, she's like, yeah, of course I'm going to have this as my child. And yeah, I could understand like how she feels. I also felt that the um, the kid was a bit creepy. <laughs> I didn't like the kid because at first she was like reading the storybook and it was, you know, like the viewer is put in the position of her and they're like, oh, like she understands that it's bad, you know, to eat people <laughs> as a pre-inanimate object. But then she like goes and befriends it and thinks that she's the one who can save it, even though the parents couldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I I kind of <laughs> Yeah, I kind of felt that she was weird because in the beginning she's like playing with her ball and then the ball like she drops the ball or something and then it goes out into uh the streets outside and like she goes out and tries to get the the ball but Carl and Bozena are driving you know, down the streets, and they almost hit her, but Alzbeka is just, like, standing there, like, how could you, like, just try to hit my, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. she wasn't even, like, oh, I'm sorry. She was just, like, in the street. yeah, yeah, she was, like, how dare you almost hit me? <laughs> yeah, teenagers, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you think about like the themes i put down society motherhood fake children and secrets like i don't know yeah i I do think that there was like well i think one there was like a lot of pressure maybe back then for like still for women to have like their main role to be a mother you know to be able to bear a child and then like raise her family and i think that's uh what's her name the mother, Bozena, I don't think she was, like, able to, you know, she really, really wanted that, and I, I don't think she had strong enough willpower to say no to that uh, societal norm, and I think it really pushed her to be a crazy bitch. <laughs> yeah, like, I could under I could, like, sympathize with her, like, how she was thinking, and how the she- beginning, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I could I f- could understand that she's like, yeah, I'm trying to have a kid. And then here they are, like, waiting, like, at a light. And then, like, 500 women are, like, walking around with their kids and, like, pregnancy bellies. Like, you know, <laughs> like, it, yeah. it's just, like, shoving it in their face that, oh, you can't have children. So I can understand that. I can understand the wanting to have a kid, but once your kid starts killing people, I feel like at a certain point you have to be like, "Yeah, this isn't good for anybody anymore," and like come to terms with that. (laughs) Yeah, I think like in that part, it's like I can understand that she had such a hard time trying to basically eliminate Otik because, like, she knows that if Otik dies, then she basically has no child. So it's like she's like trying to grasp like the last resorts of a kid. And I think like in terms of 
secrets. I think it's, it could show, it shows that like, even though it's a secret, it will come out later or sooner than expected. Right. I think that that was a good thing. <laughs> okay. In the, like, in the beginning, we were talking about how the moral that they're trying to teach in this folklore is rather questionable. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I still struggle to be like, where's, I feel like it's not like a super definitive sort of moral, you know? It's like, oh, don't be greedy. Like, don't project your your dreams and your aspirations into reality, you know? Um, yeah. On, on rather onto things that aren't those <laughs> that aren't your actual dreams and like the root of your hope. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's basically to what you think the you know the film or the tale is talking about, and I, like I really like it. It's not like the Brothers Grimm where it's like okay, it's obvious. Like don't talk to strangers. Like it's like completely like fluid and very like it could go anywhere basically the thing is a bad moral though like can you like glean a bad moral from this like oh it's okay to like go crazy (laughs) (laughs) who's a tree stump that eats people (laughs) yeah i don't know like i don't really morality here (laughs) yeah i think it's kind of like um, maybe have empathy for people who don't, you can't have kids, maybe? I guess that's, that, that could be one, like, have empathy, and then also, like, be cautious, because I will say that other than Mr. Horak, the, the old woman, Pani, I feel like she was also, like, a really good, stable character who was, like, curious, but also, like, was willing to, like, be aware of her surroundings and of what was happening, you know, because while... Becca's mom was also aware like she refused to do anything about it or inquire further because their daughter from the very beginning was like trying to tell them that they had a fake baby and that it was a wooden baby and that it was going to go crazy but parents won't listen while Pani the older woman was like um giving the folktale like I need to read it because I it's I feel like it's actually going to happen, you know, because most adults at this point in their lives, you know, once they hit like, I don't know, 50 or 60 or once they're like her age, which was like 80, you know, they start to become skeptical and they're like, oh, like there's no way a fairy tale would be real, right? Yeah. But this old woman like is aware and like gives her a chance to explain, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, reads and does research into the folktale and doesn't just, like, barricade herself off from it. Which, that's understandable, too. You know, you're, like, you're fearing for your life. You're quarantining yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think the old lady was really admirable in that way. Yeah. And then, like, it, it is understandable, like, why she had to kill Otik. Because oh, yeah. she spent, like, what? almost a year taking care of these cabbages only for Otik to eat them like yeah yeah I would hit kill him with my hoe you know also she knows he killed people so it's like yeah not only is she like my my dear cabbages I must save and revenge them or revenge them but she's also like I have to save everybody else from this monster yeah because you know now that the cabbages are eaten it's like yeah who knows like who would be next 
Because, right. um, like, I think at this point, uh, it's just Alzbeka, her parents, and Pani left. And then it will just grow into, like, the city and, yeah. I do, I liked that the old woman, too, like, not only was she aware and, like, willing to listen to a child, but after, like, getting the information that she needed, she was also able to be like, but we cannot save this creature like you want me to because it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, because, like, I, like, with Alzbeka, like, she thinks, like, oh, she's almost like, uh, Bozena, where it's like, okay, everything will be fine. We just gotta feed him. But not <laughs> Yeah, but not really understand that no, like he he needs food like every single minute. Yeah. It's kind of for Alzbeka, like she wants like to help, uh, but at the same time doesn't understand that helping Otik is just gonna make it worse for everyone else. While with Pani is like, no, like we gotta be reasonable, almost like Carl. But I think with Carl, like he just couldn't kill him because it's his son. And it's kind of the same thing as Bozena that like if if Otig is dead, then it's like they have nothing. They don't have a child. Like, wasn't adoption around back then? Like could they See, that's, not just yeah, that's that simpler and easier and but I guess that would make for interesting film <laughs> yeah i mean that is interesting like adopts a baby and then they get their <laughs> fulfilled Man. yeah i mean i think i think it's mainly because maybe at the time it's kind of like more important to have your own child you know than adoption genes running around yeah so i think it's more of that and i think like with adoption it's kind of like it would be obvious that oh this this isn't your real child like this is a child that you decide to take care of but it's not your real child you know i feel like that that's kind of what the society might you know come in where it's like i agree it might be societies that are more like that that are putting that sort of pressure but I think it's really unfair for those kids it's like they need somebody to love them too otherwise they're gonna grow up and become serial killers yeah (laughs) in society we need some people who are barren and like have strong enough backbones to like not listen to the rest of society and like just do the adoption route so that you know things balance out yeah because I feel like back in like when things were more tribal, um, maybe in like prehistoric days, that like people would, you know, like it was more of a sense of community. Like if a kid's parents got killed in, in like battle or while they were off like fighting another tribe, like that child would still be taken care of by the rest of the community and the rest of the tribe. Oh but yeah. Like as society evolved, like we're not there anymore. You know, like, yeah, I think it's just jumped into a system and then it's like it's awful. Yeah, I think it's just like the change in society that instead of us like being like more of like a community and working together, we've kind of been trained to be like, okay, like it's like we had to help ourselves, you yeah, know, instead yeah. of helping others. Cause even like with like Alzbeka's parents like they wouldn't really help them they would be like oh like just keep trying like you'll you'll get it but not really be like oh why don't you 
do it this way. I don't know. I don't know if, you know. <laughs> that's what I did was take him to a cottage. Here's your weekend getaway. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, like, you know, have sex. Don't use a condom because, you know, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine your friends sending you off. Here's your cottage we rented for you guys on Airbnb. Get frisky. <laughs> and then like when you like see because like in the animal kingdom like it's different where like any animal can like take care of like another animal or like a type of animal that they didn't you know give birth to because like you've seen like ducks like when they release like a bunch of ducklings into this pond and then this duck decides to take over like you know it's it's interesting how you know in the animal kingdom it's still the same like you know to work with the community but then with our um society it's different yeah Um, i guess that's why like before when humans were less uh civilized and put into cities and such I guess that's why they were also more primarily more like community based. Yeah. And then now we're separated by social media and all of the brand new things and new technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> separated yeah. from the world. <laughs> yeah, that's capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any other uh, last minute? No, I think that's it. I think if you like creepy horror movies, not a bad film to watch. I think if uh, you're a bit queasy, maybe don't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with me, I really liked it because I, I really do like Alice, the other movie that Jan did. Um, and I, seen it. I need to watch it. Yeah, I, I watched it in The Art of Cinema with that oh. like vampire uh, teacher that you know, was teaching. <laughs> uh, I don't know his name, but I just n- knew it was like this guy that was very pale. And I think I was like the f- one of his first class that he started teaching. But yeah, I just remember him and uh, him showing us like this film. And it was really interesting. Same thing with this one. It's very unique wouldn't really connect it to basically any other film and I'm really shocked that this hasn't been adapted into like either as a remake or like an American adaptation you know like I'm just very shocked like it'll pop up oh yeah I'm the next like 30 years (laughs) sure it'll come up we can watch that one (laughs) yeah uh, but yeah, highly recommend it if you are into very weird, surreal um, films. If you want to see it, it's on this website called East Your Eastern European Films or Movies. They have this day pass. It's like $5 if you want to just watch that. They have other uh, foreign films in the Eastern Europe. So like Czechoslovakia, Romania etc uh so yeah that is it for the episode share it with your friends and family uh rate and review us on apple podcasts jennifer any last words 
nope it was good to be back on <laughs> yeah yeah we will probably watch another foreign film or like a random rom-com who knows who knows what we'll do (laughs) Uh, so yeah thank you again for listening and hope you come back next week bye bye